This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today is one of my favorite type of guest days because it's somebody I've met. I had the honor of listening to my guest present at the Marietta Business Association several weeks ago, and holy cow, home run, knocked it out of the park, touched down all of those other you know, sports <laughs> acronyms. Can you tell I like sports? Um, but it really was an absolutely fabulous program. Went up to her afterwards and said, excuse me, I have this radio program I need you to be on. And she very graciously said, oh, sure, be more than happy to. So please join me in welcoming Elizabeth McCormick to our program. Welcome, Elizabeth. Hello, Deb. How are you? I'm doing just hunky-dory, hunky-dory. Um, and, but, you know, like I said, I'm so excited about this because I did hear you speak. And I was, I thought, oh my gosh, this is just such a powerful message, both from a personal and from a professional perspective. And I really like when I get to talk to my guests about things that like that, that overlap, because we don't have a work-life balance. <laughs> I love that term. I'm like, really? No. And, you know, and, and especially if we are an entrepreneur, a small business owner, there is really no personal. There's no professional. It's all just muddied together. Um, and you had some absolutely fabulous tips, fabulous information, and I, and, and, I, and I just couldn't wait to have you on the program. But before we jump in, let me tell people just a little bit about you. So Elizabeth McCormick has been seen on ABC, Fox, CBS, NBC, and has been featured in the Wall Street Journal. She was named one of the top 10 leadership experts to follow on Twitter, number five on the list of leadership experts to follow online, and is a best-selling author with more than 18, yes, you heard that right, folks, 18 published books. In 2011, Elizabeth was awarded the Congressional Veteran Commendation. She flew command and control, air assault, repelling, and top secret intelligence missions, and also transported high-level government VIPs, including the Secretary of Defense. Former U.S. Army Black Hawk pilot, please welcome to our show, Elizabeth McCormick. So again, Elizabeth, welcome. Yay, and the crowd hey. yeah. <laughs> The crowd goes wild. Yeah, well, first and foremost, thank you so much for your service. Um, you know, it's, it's, and we're obviously going to be talking about the challenges <clears throat> that women face in the military, but my father was in the army, and so it does hold a very special place in my heart. Um, he was a tank sergeant, so, you know, you oh, cool. die, he was on the ground, um, but, and of course, it, you know, much, many, many years ago, um, but, you know, it was something that, even though he only served during the war, during World War II, it, was, it, it left such a lasting impression with him. And he was so incredibly proud of his military service. Um, you know, and, and, and he impressed that upon me. I, I did not serve, but I have so much respect for people who do that and, and take up that challenge and, you know, and, and serve our country. And, and so, again, thank you very much for that. 
It was my honor to have served the United States Army and the, our government and our country. You know, and it, it is a challenge in a lot of cases. Um, you know, whether it's a peacekeeping time or a time not so much, it's, you know, it's so many things, but it's also a great way to learn to be a leader, to, uh, to learn how to face challenges, and we are going to be talking about that, um, all these various things that you can learn in the military, um, and it, it really is just a, a fabulous, uh, you know, whatever branch it is, it's, it's a fabulous way for a lot of people to get skills, get knowledge, get expertise, all those various things um, while serving our country. Absolutely. It is the best on the job training mm -hmm. for, right. for uh, you know, especially someone in their straight out of, whether it's straight out of high school, 18 or in their mm -hmm. 20s, and that they're floundering, not sure what to do. Just do something. Right. So going into the military is a great option. Mm -hmm. So tell us about that. You know, you, as, as, you know, as we've now figured out, you are a female and, you know, yeah. it, it is, still, <laughs> yeah. way, um, it, it is still a challenge in many ways for women to be in the military. Um, it's just, you know, it's, it, it is changing, but just from a demographic standpoint, you know, it, it is obviously far more men than women. Um, so why did you think, hmm, this sounds like a good idea? <laughs> So, you know, I had finished college, um, gotten in my last year of college, I married what I call my starter husband. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like that starter yeah. husband. Luckily, yeah. I only have one, but you know. yeah, you know, sometimes the starter's the keeper and some of us like me are slow learners. So I had to, um, he was stationed at Fort Polk, Louisiana, mm -hmm. which um, we affectionately called the armpit of the earth. Mm -hmm. So it was just, it was miserable. They didn't even have a Walmart. I mean, there was like nothing there. You to go to the mall, it was like a ninety-minute drive to mm -hmm. go to the mall to find a mall. So it was it was you know just this country little area mm -hmm. at that time. Now there's a Walmart. They were actually put in a Walmart shortly after I left, but um, there, there was just nothing there. There were no mm -hmm. opportunities. There were very few jobs. There was a hiring freeze going on in the military at that time budget-wise, and there were just no options. Mm -hmm. um, I remember I interviewed for a job as a photographer for the local newspaper because I had an art degree. Right. Um, and I interviewed for the job, and they were like, the, flat out in the interview, they're like, why should we hire you? You're a military wife. You're going to leave in two years. Right. And, and that I, is a big problem for military spouses is they're, they're not somewhere long enough to really get a job that could be a career. Absolutely. It's a huge hindrance. So I, I you know, and I was like, oh, because I, I, you, what can you say to that? It's mm -hmm. true. You know, I didn't know when I was leaving. So I, I did that. So then I ended up working in a pizza place because Yay. I'm like, you know, oh, you get oh, out of college so and, you okay. get, and you get a job. I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah, five years of college, almost three college degrees, two, two degrees and a minor. And I'm like, and I'm working in a pizza place. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. And I was so unhappy. I was so frustrated mm -hmm. by the lack of opportunity. And I really kind of had a kind of that come to Jesus moment with myself and said, who am I? What am I doing? What am I doing here? And what else can I do? Mm -hmm. So I really had one of those pivotal, like, moment so where you look in the mirror and say this is not what's supposed to be happen this is not the way it's supposed to be and I at that point said okay what can what can I control mm -hmm. what can I change and I think a lot of times we get in those 
kind of moments and we focus on all the things we can't change, you know? And so we whine and we whimper and we're going to talk a little bit more about that later. And we pity party, you know, Mm -hmm. and we pity party and we suck our thumb and curl up in the fetal position in the Mm -hmm. corner. And, and the thing is that doesn't help. Right. I mean, you know, give yourself five minutes in the corner and Mm -hmm. then, okay, dust it off and let's, let's try something, do something, go into some action that's going to shift the energy and shift the momentum. And so, you know, I, I I was like, okay, what can I control? There's not a lot I can control there. Mm -hmm. But what I had come to realize is the starter husband wasn't the brightest crayon in the box. <laughs> he was fun for a while. That he, time. he, yeah, he <laughs> he was a party guy. He liked to party and have fun and not do any work or do anything else. So <laughs> I was frustrated with him, and I was frustrated, and he wasn't, you know, so wicked smart, and he was doing pretty good in the military. So I'm like, well, you know what? Maybe maybe we'll have more in common if I join the military too. So <laughs> I decided to join the military, but I wanted, he was a medic. I definitely didn't want to be a medic. Right. So I'm like, what can I do? Mm-hmm. That would be cool. You know, I, was I know. Yeah. What, what cool. is, what is the let's, funnest thing I can yeah, do? I'm 22. Let's do a cool job. So, uh, you know, everyone I asked around, I did uh, all the way through every, every time I got stuck, I, I researched it. I mm-hmm. asked questions. I'd interview people. And I still do that today when I decided to become a speaker. I researched it. I interviewed. I asked around. I interviewed booking agents and speaker bureaus. And I interviewed people that were already doing and were ahead of where I wanted to go. And I did the research. Mm-hmm. And I asked the questions. And what am I not asking? And really opened up the dialogues that, that gave me the information to be able to, be, to help me be successful doing mm-hmm. it. And, so that, and that's what I did at that point was um, I, I asked around. Everybody said it was being a pilot. Cool. I got I to gotta tell you, Deb, I didn't know it was hard. Mm-hmm. It looks pretty easy. I mean, you know. Oh, yeah, being a pilot. <laughs> I didn't know. So you were talking earlier about challenges and demographics. So back then, this was 1993, mm-hmm. back then they'd only let women in a about 11, 12 years before that, mm-hmm. 13 years, depending on, I've seen different numbers from different places. So, um, uh, and they were only letting women in one at a time. Right. And flight school's like a year long. Mm-hmm. So they, it was like a real, okay, let's let one in. Okay. She's doing okay. All right. We'll try one more. She didn't embarrass us too much. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. You know, okay. All right. Well, I guess we'll let it one more in, you know, and it was just, it was really, it was a trickle. Mm-hmm. They were just letting a few in at, at first and it, and then they slowly started increasing it. So when, when I went in out of 200 to 250 pilots, there was one woman. Mm-hmm. So it was less than 1% right. of all the pilots were women. So to give perspective now, um, in 2018, the last data I've seen is that it's around 6%. Mm-hmm. So Still not very good, but at least it's Out of 100 good. pilots, there's mm-hmm. six. So like I, on every unit I went with until my last unit, um, my, my last unit, I was the only other pilot spot. I did have a female commander come in right as I was leaving mm-hmm. my second duty assignment, but mm-hmm. my third, and then my third one over in Germany, uh, there was actually one on the line with me. Mm-hmm. It was like, Ooh, there's another one. So, <laughs> you know, um, it, it was just, and, and the onus was on us. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, as women, we had to, um, conform mm-hmm. to the army, to the army standards and we had to conform to the male 
requirements and the physicality right. of it. And we had to fit in. It, it wasn't, you know, it was different then. Now there's a little bit more individuality mm-hmm. than we had, tw- you know, this has been 25 years now mm-hmm. when they, we, there wasn't, it was you fit in or you go home. Right. And, and as you said, you were having to meet the male guidelines and standards, you know, and, and because they didn't, they didn't know any other way and they certainly weren't going to give you a break. (laughs) (laughs) No, we did have for, for our physical fitness test um, that they assess you on, there was a male, female standard, like to get out of basic training, Mm -hmm. you had to pass it and, and you know, your, your, your test, Mm -hmm. but that's not, and when I got into candidate school and then flight school, uh, uh-uh, everybody, the men and women had to meet the same standards and mm-hmm. it wasn't, lo- was not lowered at that time. Right. Later, later they did, mm-hmm. but at that time they didn't lower. So we had seven women start warrant officer candidate school and only two of us finished. Wow. And the two of us that finished, we were first and third in the class because mm-hmm. there was, there was no middle there. Every, you either excelled or you were sent home. They, right. they just didn't tolerate anything else from the females they were letting into the, into the program. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's what I'm sure made it even more difficult. You didn't have mentors, anyhow, female mentors. Um, you had so much extra pressure on you because, you know, I, 25 years ago, shoot, even now, it's like we don't want you to join the, the good old boy network. Um, I worked for several years as a lobbyist and, you know, it was definitely a good old boy network. And, and you know, they did everything they possibly could to make me uncomfortable, to make me want to quit, you know, all these various things because they just didn't want me there. And, and, you know, some of them, it was like, well, it's tradition, you know, and, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's my favorite. I, love yeah, that I know. One. I know. It's like, oh, bite me. Um, you know, and, and, but, and, and others just, they, they didn't know what to do. You know, they, they, they were kind of lost with me there and, you know, some things like that. And, but I can, you know, I can't even imagine the pressure that you were under in the military to be, you know, one of, one of few uh, females that were there. There were just no other options. I mean, mm-hmm. you didn't even consider. I mean, because right. it was going home. I mean, mm-hmm. so there was like, yeah. Do it so, or. I mean, there, there's no or, just do it. Mm-hmm. There's just, you know, and so when you, you know, it kind of reminds me of NASA and where failure is not an option. Mm-hmm. There, there are no other options. Right. You, you are immersed in that. And so mm-hmm. um, what they wanted to see is, you know, did you have the guts? Did right. you have the spine? Mm-hmm. Did you have that to push through when other people would quit? Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, let's be honest, when you're talking about the military, we do expect them to have more rigid, more stringent uh, criteria. You know, if you if you don't quite make it in corporate America, you know, the world doesn't come to an end. You know, if you don't, (laughs) if you make mistakes in the military or in, you know, public service, people die. (laughs) And and so, you know. I'm I'm kind of okay with saying these are pretty tough guidelines that we're going to make you live up to. Yeah, and when so like when they just I don't have it in front of me. The um a few years ago when the military said we're going to let women into combat mm-hmm. and combat arms and I got it was oh big big in the news and mm-hmm. a big thing and I got interviewed for a mm-hmm. lot of, for Fox and um, I was on the front page of the Dallas Morning News newspaper, daily newspaper, and and you know because I'm like, what's the big? Women have had to had to meet the same standards. We've already been in combat. Right. It's just a matter of now you're going to let us get trained and get paid for it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not it's not that big of a deal. We've already been doing this. Right. So 
but it always a big, it was a big deal. And I'm like, look, the big deal is don't lower the standards. Right. Like yeah, the women going through the women going through ranger school right now, they are meeting the exact exact mm-hmm. same standards as the men. Is it hard? Yes, we're not right. built the same. Mm-hmm. But is it essential to maintain our military readiness? Yeah, right. It is. Well, and and it's kind of like the the whole quota thing. You know, I never want to get a job or anything because I met a quota. You know, I want to be there on my merits, um, you know, and, and, and that was one of the things that bothered me when I first, you know, way back when I was applying to college, you know, they, they had to meet a certain number of female applicants and things like that. And, and so sometimes it was like, was I picked because I was qualified or was I picked simply because I was the woman, um, you know, and, or the girl. And, and, the, and the truth is it's in the middle mm-hmm. because you were one of the most qualified women that applied. Right. So it's, the truth is somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the day where we don't have to say, you know, the first African-American, the first right. mm-hmm. woman, the first, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm hoping as society we get to a day where the, there's no more first. Right. Yeah. We've, we've been there, done all that. All and there. hey, that's cool. Yeah. And that's what I hope. I hope we get to that point. Mm-hmm. Right. In my lifetime. <laughs> and, and you're right. It's with a lot of things, you know, whether it's, you know, the first African-American in the Senate, uh, you know, uh, in, in Mississippi. I mean, they're having a big race right now. You know, uh, we just had the, the gubernatorial race here in Georgia. Um, you know, all these various things. I mean, obviously, you know, several years ago, it was, you know, were we going to have the first female president? Mm-hmm. All these various things. And, and you know, it, it really would be nice and hopefully will be nice when that word first is gone. You know, right. it's, it's no longer the first fill in the blank. Right. So I think, I think we're getting there. I mm-hmm. mean, as a society and boy, have we taken a dive over in the, into this conversation. I know. <laughs> yeah. This was <laughs> yeah. and this, this we, we really did just got, go off topic here. But, you know, a lot of this does pertain, obviously you've become a, a business speaker and, you know, and, and that's where it does get hard sometimes in business, whether you're an employee or, you know, the, the business owner. I mean, I still feel sometimes like it's the, 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 the token woman type of, of thing, um, you know, and, and, you know, and, and still some of the, well, you, you can't do that. I've had people that, well, <laughs> you, you can't be a programmer. What? Why can't I be a programmer? And hello, I bet I can outscore you on any math test we could ever take. <laughs> you know? And you know, but and but we do do still face those things. But part of that is exactly what you talk about in in your books. Um, and as we mentioned, you've got eighteen published books. Um, most of I don't them, I don't like to sleep. That's all that is. I know, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I see. Yes, and 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 I love the fact that I could tell how how former military you were because you have all these acronyms. Um, but yeah, most of your books are are small, very quick read, very enjoyable books. They're very topic specific. But the the book that I you know that I just read is called the Pilot Method, and <clears throat> yes, pilot is an acronym. So we'll talk about that in a second. But in your books and in you know say your presentations that that you do, you talk about mindset. And the second we do the I can't do that because, then we can't. Doesn't doesn't mm-hmm. matter if we're qualified or anything like that. So, talk to us a little bit about that because you you did a, a great example of the I can't I can, you know how does our mind affect us with trying to do things? 
I, the, you know, I've done a lot of the studying on the neuroscience on all this. And so I could speak on it mm-hmm. and, and it's amazing how powerful our brain is. Our right. brain is more powerful than our body mm-hmm. and our brain actually controls our body. Mm-hmm. So when you think about it that way, what we say out loud to ourselves, what we say inside our inner voice, you know, our brain listens to that. Mm-hmm. So if we say positive things, then positive things happen. Mm-hmm. And if we say negative things, well, guess what happens? Right. So we really do control our thinking. And when mm-hmm. we're more intentional and focused on, are we allowing negative, negative or positive in, we actually are helping to control and determine our outcomes. Mm-hmm. You know, and we have enough of those voices from the outside, oh. whether it's your spouse, coworkers, whoever saying you can't do X. You know, and now granted, you know, if somebody tells me you can't do whatever, I'm probably going to break my neck trying to do it to prove them wrong. But, you know, we we do, we have enough of that outside input that we can't be doing that to ourselves. And so talk to us about how we can stop that process. We can stop being our own worst enemy. Yeah, I think the first step of any change is awareness. Mm Mm-hmm. So we need to be aware of what are we really saying to ourselves? Because sometimes we don't even under, we don't even know. I mean, this, this all started for me when I was in high school and I was mm-hmm. playing basketball and the, um, the, the, one of our top, top players on the team who was younger than me mm-hmm. was like, gosh, you are so negative to me. And I went, I'm not a negative person. Mm-hmm. That's not me. That's not. And then I started listening. It shifted my awareness. Mm-hmm. So I started listening to the words of what I was saying and I was complaining and I was grousing and I was bitching and um, I was complaining. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, wow, I am really more negative than I felt or thought Mm -hmm. I was. And, and with that, you know, sometimes not so positive things were happening in my life then Mm -hmm. too. So when I shifted my language, so anytime I hear myself say, can't, no, 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 no. What can I do? Mm-hmm. What can I control? What can I do? And reshift and reframe the language. It just shifts everything else around. And it also helps when we say we can't do something or it undermines our personal power mm-hmm. and our confidence in how we show up in the world. Right. You know, and I mean, there, there really are things we can't do for whatever reason. But I can't be seven feet tall. Right, That's right. You know, and, and, <laughs> you know, and, and, but it's, and you talk about this, it's, it's about reframing it. You know, okay, I can't do that. So what can I do? And, and you said the word earlier, what can I control? Absolutely. If we focus on the things we can control and we can change and we mm-hmm. can impact, we suddenly don't have as much to whine about. <laughs> so that's where I focus. You know, and it's funny, you know, it, it, people have pity parties and we were talking about this earlier that, you know, you can have pity parties and, and um, for people who've been listening to the, the program a long time, they know that I, I have a lot to have a pity party about. I was, you know, diagnosed with stage zero cancer and then they went, oh, oops, it's actually stage four. That was a fun conversation. Yeah. Um, and then I had all sorts of issues, and you know, because I have to be special, um, you know, and, and it was funny. I mean, if it could go wrong, it went wrong. Um, and you know, what, what was, hey, you're going to have almost no treatment, 
has now been 12 surgeries, you know, all sorts of stuff. Clearly, I'm still here. Um, but and people are like, Oh, my gosh, you have such a great attitude. And okay, yes, I do. And, and I do I try and find humor in a lot of stuff, all these various things. But I have pity parties. I mean, you know, I, I look at the scars and things and I think, holy crap. Um, or the fact that, you know, I can't really have iced tea anymore. You know, a caffeine doesn't work well with my body anymore. You know, just weird things like that. And pity parties are okay. I mean, that's part of being a human. But then it's, okay, get up and dust yourself off. And for me, a lot of times it's, it's I will see somebody else that has you know, more unfortunate, you know, circumstances. And you're like, I might feel bad that I have cancer. Well, then one of those commercials comes on with a little, little child who has cancer in one leg. I'm like, okay, no, no, you can't feel sorry for yourself any longer. <laughs> but, you know, whether it's, I didn't get that promotion, I didn't get that sale, you know, rather than really having that pity party, it's learn from it. You know, why didn't I get that promotion? What can I change? What do I have control of? in order to make the sale next time, all of those various things. Right. And with it, you know, it's called a party, mm -hmm. not a life. Right. Don't yeah. have a pity life. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> have a pity party. It's a mm -hmm. short-term thing. <laughs> well, and it's funny. I had doctors that told me that if I didn't feel bad on occasion, they would actually be concerned um, because it, it would mean that I, I – was it wasn't accepting the situation, um, you know, and, and some things like that. And I'm like, okay, right, fine. <sighs> okay, I'm done feeling sorry for myself. <laughs> you know, um, okay, we have to have some reality in there. Yeah, or, yeah. You know, it's like, huh, you know, and, and but, but yeah, it's, you know, and, and, and it really is, you know, I didn't make that client meeting, you know, I didn't get that new client. I didn't get that promotion, all those various things. Or in your personal life, you know, <laughs> you mentioned your starter husband. Um, and the nice thing is the second one is your keeper. <laughs> and for some people, the third, you know, I mean, I know and for some people they have to keep trying, but you know, that's all right. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and so it's, it is about going forward and not being mired in the past. Definitely. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about your book. Um, you know, and I mentioned you've got, you know, all sorts of the, the smaller books, but then you've got the pilot method and then it's the five elemental truths to leading yourself in life. So PILOT is an acronym because, hello, you are a military person. Um, so tell us what PILOT stands for. Well, the P is for potential. Mm -hmm. And it's all about that mindset. It's about believing in your own, your own potential because if you don't believe in it, it's going to be really hard for anyone else to believe in it for mm -hmm. you. So I is implementation. It doesn't do any good to believe in your abilities and your potential right. if you don't do something uh -huh. with it. So you can say, I think I can, I think I can, I think yes. I can, but until you move. <laughs> exactly. So it's about all about implementation. It's about getting things done, being more effective. And it has a lot of really great tactical strategies on how to do that. And then L is leadership. And I mm -hmm. have a simple framework for leadership, which is ironically spells out can. So, mm -hmm. you know, can leadership, which right. ties into positive thinking and, <laughs> and uh, positive words. And then O is optimal performance. So because nobody wants to fly with an average pilot. Right. <laughs> that would be bad. Yes, that's and not good. The, <laughs> yeah. And then the T is tenacity. So not giving up even when it's hard. Mm -hmm. Not giving up when, you know, I mean, there is a time to give up. Absolutely. Right. But not get, not you know, knowing when that is and mm -hmm. being given, you know, really giving it everything you can before you get to that point. Mm -hmm. So, and all those, those five characteristics make up what I call 
these are the uh, essential essential truths to leading yourself in life. If you mm-hmm. can do those five things, you will lead yourself into a better place. Right. And again, whether that's personal, whether that's professional, it's it, it, it's about taking charge of your life, taking control. Um, maybe you're already 99% of the way there. You know, so it's just a little tweaking here and there. But it, it you know, it is about you know, it's funny, I, I always ask my guests for one quote, and the quote you put is, your future is your responsibility. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get much more basic or more difficult than that. Nope. It's simple, but not easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Well, so. and yeah, because easy is to give up and to say, and back to the, the can't word, I can't do that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not good at math or all those things. Um, it's funny, you know, I mentioned at the start of the program that I heard you speak at Marietta Business Association and the president, Angela Uncletree, is also a hypnotherapist. And so I've been working with her on hypnotherapy and it's fascinating. I just love how cool it is. And, you know, one of the things I told her is I want to work on my memory because I've had so much anesthesia. We've killed off all these brain cells and yada, yada, yada. And she said, no, <laughs> she said, Everything's still there. We just, you know, you you have been saying I can't remember things, and so I don't remember things. Um, you know, and and people have asked me. They said, you know, what what basically is hypnosis? I said, in essence, it's reminding my brain how powerful it is. Um, you know, and and that really is what it is. You know, it's it's convincing myself. You know, instead of saying I can't remember names, I should be saying, what was the trick? To remembering names or you know whatever mm-hmm. and absolutely or I like to say I am good at remembering names mm-hmm. right so that way you're telling yourself that you are mm-hmm. are good mm-hmm. right and you know we're not talking about becoming narcissistic it was funny I saw a post on Facebook the other day where somebody said there's a fine line between high self-esteem and narcissism and I thought, you know, that, that part of me thinks no, but then part of me thinks, you know what, that there is some truth to that, um, you know. But but again, if we don't believe in ourselves, who is going to believe in in our in us? Right. It's you know, ask you this: Do people want to follow wishy washy, unsure, uncertain people? Not so much. Hmm. People will follow people that are passionate and committed and believe in themselves, the potential, they, they have a vision. People will follow them even when they're wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we know they're wrong. They're going to take us off that cliff. <laughs> you know? Well, but we have, we buy into the vision and we mm-hmm. buy into the belief and we, it's amazing. I mean, look at, look at all the, the, you know, our, our evil bad people in history right. that have been followed, you know, mm-hmm. it, you know, from Hitler and, I mean, it's just, but they were so charismatic Mm -hmm. in their belief that people still followed them. Mm -hmm. So if they could do that for evil, don't you think we should do it for good? Right. (laughs) And and the nice thing is we do have that. And, and, you know, and, 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 and so that's good, but it is about, you know, developing that skill ourself, you know, and, and one of the things that I love and, and you have this download and, and we'll put a link to it is the I am statement. So, and, and that it's your suit of armor. I love this. Talk to us about this. So, yeah. So the thing is we each, well, let me ask as a question first. Okay. So 
do you have someone who walks around behind you all day going, yay, you can do it. Yes, you can. You know, and being your cheerleader. Not even my cats. No. <laughs> I mean, you know, and I was at one event and they're like, I do that for my children. I homeschool. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, while they're sleeping, while they're in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Do you do that while they're in the bathroom? You right. know, she's like, well, no, of course not. Well, then you don't mm-hmm. because, you know, it's still not there. So we, no one has that. Right. No, no, no one has. I mean, maybe when they were itty bitty and a baby and it was, you know, but even then, mm-hmm. you know, we have to be that inner voice mm-hmm. and we control that inner voice and we can make it be good and help us or mm-hmm. we can, we can make it be negative and not help us. So we choose what we have. But so what I really challenge when I speak at, at, at events and have a little longer time to workshop with them is I teach them how to use affirmations and I am statements mm-hmm. effectively in a positive way and even doing it before they go to sleep so their brain works on them while they're mm-hmm. sleeping. Right. Well, and, and so, you know, you, you've got this list that, you know, is, is by no means inclusive, but it, there's quite a bit of, I mean, good golly, there's good several hundred words on here probably. Well, it's um, a starting point because right. what I find is that a lot of people struggle finding the words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, devoted, persuasive, organized, bold, powerful, healthy, optimistic. I mean, you know, just, just all sorts of things. And I love that you say, do this while you're brushing your teeth. You know, start repeating these things back to yourself. Yep. Yep. Because while we're brushing our teeth, you don't think about how you brush your teeth. It's muscle memory. Mm -hmm. And because it's muscle memory, it's very easy to layer a conscious level of, of something that we want to improve within ourselves. So Mm -hmm. what I encourage is that you do your five words and you do them and pick five words, positive words, but they're your words and Mm -hmm. it's your day. So the morning, if you know you have to go into a meeting and there's going to be some difficult people there, your word, one of your words might be, I am calm. Mm. <laughs> I am good at confrontation, mm-hmm. right? You're going to pick your words. So like my words, when I have to go perform as a speaker, my words every morning while I'm brushing my teeth sound like this. I am smart. I am confident. I am powerful. I am genuine. And I am a rock star. Yay! And they all end with exclamation marks. None of them ended with a question mark. No, absolutely. They're declarative statements. I am declaring to the world that I am smart. I am powerful. I am genuine. I am confident. And I am a rock star. Because guess what? I grew up so shy, I wouldn't call my own hairdresser for an appointment. Mm -hmm. So for me to go on stage and be this super high energy person, that person is here, but so is the shy person Mm -hmm. inside and the thing is we get to choose which which persona Mm -hmm. we want to wear just like a a coat that we would put on we get to Mm -hmm. decide who we are and how we show up but the only way we can do that and keep that on and not let other people's negativity that happens in this world get in is when we infirm who we are Mm -hmm. in a way that it creates an invisible suit of armor it doesn't let other people in right you know, and, and we're not being Pollyanna, you know, and, yeah. and because I've had people, I've actually had people that, you know, when I said, I'm not going to die, <laughs> you know, when I was, you know, having, they were like, oh, you should accept reality. I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, not, go, not going there, um, you know, and, and or even just the restrictions, you know, and, and, and you know, or work things, you know, I, I, and, and I, I like to believe in the best in people. You know, and, and I'll probably even give somebody a second, maybe even um, a third chance sometimes, because I do believe 
in in the good in people and you know and 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 if somebody wants to call me Pollyanna that's fine but you know it, I, I am you know I am that type of person um, you know and and so I, I love thinking about what are the things that you can say about yourself that are I am you know and, and coming up with those and changing them as the situation changes oh yeah yeah definitely I mean like I've had personal issues and I with uh, you know those days it's I am calm. Mm-hmm. I am good at confrontation. Mm-hmm. I am open. I'm a good listener. You know, your words, they're your words. There's mm-hmm. no wrong words. But right. why would you use negative words? That's the only thing we say. Mm-hmm. I, I affirm is make sure you're talking positive to yourself. Right. And that takes a lot more intentionality because it's a lot easier to fall into our old habits, old patterns, old behaviors that mm-hmm. don't serve us, which tend to be negative because somebody in middle school said something to us. And we're buying them in, in, into that instead mm-hmm. of what, what is real mm-hmm. and what is true right now. Right. You know, and, and I, it, it, a lot of those were. It was, it was our parents. It was a teacher that did the negative thing. And, and, you know, they'll tell you, well, they were only trying to help. No, no, no. <laughs> in many cases, you know, or coworker, boss, whatever it was, they were trying to make themselves feel better. Let's be honest about this. Well, um, I mean, so one of the most common ones I use, and I'll say in a speech, is sticks and stones may break my, break your bones, mm-hmm. but words words or names will never hurt you. Mm-hmm. But that's not true. Right. Words hurt. Mm-hmm. Names hurt. But somebody else tried to tell us that so our feelings wouldn't be hurt. Usually, a parent or a teacher. Mm-hmm. Just words. They were not going to hurt. No, they do hurt. But there was, you know, somebody told us that, but that programming exists even as an adult. Mm-hmm. So when our brain wants to start here and go there, it's not true. And if it's not true, it actually diminishes our personal power as well. Right. So we need to, you know, stay, stand in our truth, own our truth, but then also affirm how we want to show up in that truth. Mm-hmm. When something happens, how do you want to show up? Right. And maybe it does mean something has to change, you know, so maybe it's, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not skilled at whatever, you know, Excel. I have an Excel spreadsheet open in front of me, so that's why I thought of that. Okay, what do I need to do to be better at it? Um, you know, or do I need to be? You know, it's like, okay, well, right. might not, not, might not be a skill that I need to really have in there. Um, it's funny. I, I, one of the things I do is I work with people on who are at out of work or, you know, looking for a a job. And so I work with them on how to do their LinkedIn profiles. And one of the examples I use is when we apply for jobs, you know, it will, it'll have 10 things. You must be, you know, here are the 10 skills you must have. And frequently, and I'm going to stereotype here, but frequently women will go, I can do nine of those. And the 10th, I'm a little iffy on, so I just can't apply for the job. Uh A man goes, okay, I can do three of them. Four of them I can learn, and the other three I can make somebody else do. <laughs> right. And, you know, and, and so that's kind of that whole process. But it, it does come back in many cases. I mean, you know, we, we talked about this at the start, the women versus men. And this is not, you know, we're, we're obviously not doing a, a men bashing thing or things like that. But No, not at all. Men were taught differently. Um, you know, they, they were taught, you lose that game, you get up, you dust yourself off and you win the next one. Um, you know, and, and we were told, you know, don't brag about yourselves. Little girls don't do that. Um, you know, which is people, people snark at millennials, but I love millennials because 
they, you know, in many cases, they haven't had those restrictions. Nobody has told them you can't do that because you are a female or because you live here or because you're, you know, this ethnicity. They're just not told that. Um, so right. they grow up thinking, oh, hey, I can do that. Well, yeah, go, go for it. Mm-hmm. Do it. Right. You know? So, yeah, they, um, I think millennials get a bad rap, though. Rap, though. And, you I know, think, there's, there's, there's good so and bad in every Stereotypes. Mm-hmm. And I think some of those things that they're stereotyped on, we haven't in every generation. We just call it something different. Right, right. <laughs> so it's like, really? I think they're just people. Mm-hmm. Right. So now, kind of along those same lines, you know, you mentioned that you were very shy. So how did you go from being, you know, the, the, the military person, which, you know, that got you... I'm guessing kind of out of your shell into truly being this motivational speaker that runs through the room, cheers, <laughs> you know, all these various things. How did you make that transition? So it started in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in college, I, I got a volleyball scholarship to play volleyball for my first couple of years. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, you know, sports being outside of my element, not living at home, um, not being allowed to hide in my room mm-hmm. and read a book, um, you know, it, it that kind of helped. Mm-hmm. And then I got kind of got the bug about helping other people. So mm-hmm. I was really involved in student government. I started the honors, the National Honor Society that college has, and just just went got out of me and started helping other people. Mm-hmm. And that goes, you know, with the military, there's no such thing as a quiet pilot. Right. So pilots have to talk a lot. So it got, got a little easier and used to it. And then the military actually would send me, because I was the, typically, usually the only female, mm-hmm. they would send me out. So I would, I would go with another pilot and two crew chiefs and we'd go mm-hmm. fly to a school three uh, hours away, we'd fly mm. there. Mm-hmm. We'd land. We'd let the kids look and crawl all over the hel- all over the helicopter. We'd answer questions. You're a girl pilot. Girls and, can uh, do this. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know girls could do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, answer all those kind of questions and go into the school, into the classrooms, and answer questions there, and then fly fly off while they were all watching and waving. So cool, cool program. Mm-hmm. Um, we do a lot less of that now since September 11th, right. but, um, back then, oh, we did it a lot mm-hmm. and I was always, always slotted on those. So it, that kind of helps me get out of my comfort zone and, mm-hmm. and start speaking. And, and again, it's about seeing them be improved. So what I really learned was that, and now with motivational speaking is that it's not about me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's my stories and blah, blah, blah. But the stories are the modality. Right. What it's about is about the audience's heart and mm-hmm. connecting with that audience. And do what I do is just how is the the facility that gets the tra- gets that aha moment or that transition or that inspiration that they need. Mm-hmm. And when you focus on other people instead of you, you don't get in your way. Right. You know, and and. That's what I loved about your presentation was it really was about the audience. I mean, you know, you you kind of sucked us in with your story, <laughs> but then we all went, oh, okay, we can learn from this. And and I mean, you know, yeah, and we're gonna, I'm gonna encourage people to go to your your YouTube channel because there's some great little demonstrations there on like the I can and the I can't and and you know things like that. And but you know, we all could listen to to your stories. And to some degree, relate to it. 
you know, whether it was that we had a boss who yelled at us, you had a trainer who yelled at you, you know, mm-hmm. a, you know, a, a parent that yelled at us or, you know, all these various things. So, you know, we look at, at you know, your stories and we go, oh, okay, this is how it applies to me. And did I learn from it? Did I not learn from it? You know, all these various things. But then we can go forward from there. And, and that was what I loved about the presentation was, you know, yeah, it's way cool that you were a former Black Hawk helicopter <laughs> pilot, but you're, you're one of us, you know, and, and, and that was what was so fun about it. Thank you. It's, it actually is very deliberately crafted that way. So um, you don't just go up and start talking. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot of art, artistry and, and time spent crafting and honing. And, um, you know, I had my first speech had lots of jokes in it that people didn't laugh. And I thought they were really funny, you know, so you take them out. Uh, but it is, it's, uh, you know, I call it the sneak attack. Right. So I'm, you know, I spoke to a, a client today for about their event coming up and, mm-hmm. and, and he's like, ah, oh, you know, I, I love your messaging and everything. And I said, well, I'm going to entertain everyone. So they don't even realize they're learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's the, the best way, you know, because if somebody's telling me you're going to learn something today, I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, you know, and that's an old school training, mm-hmm. training method, right? Mm-hmm. Where you go, um, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. Then I'm going to teach you what you're going to do. And then you're going to demonstrate what you can do. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's training. That's not a keynote. Right. A keynote is unpredictable. Mm-hmm. A keynote is, makes you shift your perspective and take you into a different place than where you, where you already are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you tell them where they're going to go, where's, where's the unpredictability? Where's the... It's sitting on the edge of their seat, not sure what that person's going to do or say next. Mm-hmm. So, so just it's a different perspective on on a um, you know, and that was only what thirty minute speech that I took you through, and maybe not even that long. It might have been closer to twenty minutes. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was like twenty five thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and it, it had that much impact mm-hmm. because of the story construction. Right. Well, kind of. Sp- Talking along those same lines, you offer that service to people with Soar to Success. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, Soar to Success is my company. Mm-hmm. Um, my company has multiple divisions. So the, the part of the company that, that's all me is I do the keynotes and the mm-hmm. keynotes book through there. And then I also have the division that does mentoring days. So mm-hmm. I do a think tank intensive where I bring in beginning speakers and emerging speakers and they get an entire day deep diving with me and I help them get to that next level. Mm-hmm. And help them do that. So it's a lot of fun. I just had somebody in this last last week that was like, I just learned six months in one day. Right. You know, and, and I've interviewed guests before who have talked about the fact that being able to be a public speaker is an absolutely fabulous skill. You know, and, and we're not talking about getting up in front of 10,000 people. Sometimes you might just be talking to the two team members that, that you're, you know, having to talk to. And, but it, it, all of the skills are the same, you know, to, to be able to present yourself in a way they're, that they're going to trust you, that they're going to, you know, you mentioned it earlier, they might, you know, they're going to follow you anywhere, you know, all those type of things. So it really is, you know, being able to, at, at least to some degree, be a speaker is a skill that I encourage anyone to, to really make sure they've got. 
Well, and not just, you know, so there's the whole, there's the presentation piece and Mm -hmm. then there's the connection piece. How are you going to connect with them in the presentation or, Mm -hmm. and after before and after in the whole process. Mm -hmm. And then, and then there's the really, really hard part, which is how do I get booked to speak somewhere? Right. (laughs) How do I make money? (laughs) How can I make money? Mm -hmm. You know? So, I mean, that's the piece of it that, um, that I've gotten, I've gotten really good at too, Mm -hmm. is the, is the marketing and the, the languaging and the process and the flow of, of navigating, um, in this business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, it is, it, it, people have to be it, to some degree self-confident, you know, to get up there and speak. And again, whether it's in front of two people or 10,000 oh, yeah. people. Deb, this is not, this is not the place for therapy. No, if you've no. got stuff to work through, mm-hmm. you need to go you through go, therapy go, yeah, go somewhere, go somewhere or right. work it out yourself or whatever it is that you do. But you've mm-hmm. got to work that out before you get to the stage. Mm-hmm. Cause if you get on stage and it's, it's about ego and not the audience and mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it, it won't last long. Right. If you're doing it for approval instead of for the, again, it's about the, the audience. Yes, you can, mm-hmm. you can have the, there is potential to make the li- a living doing that, but mm-hmm. you cannot be your therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've all seen speakers like that, right? Where we've gone to a conference or, you know, we've, we've seen them online or something like that. And it's like, no, no, uh-uh, nope, not, not going to go there. Um, you know, and, and, and so it is, it's a skill, but, you know, shoot, you do, you, some of this you do every day. You know, you're convincing your kids that they need to do something. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're trying to convince people, you know, which restaurant to go to for lunch, uh, you know, or, you know, you're in a, a new product meeting or again, you know, meeting with potential clients, all those various things. And, and it's, it's about, you know, Coming back to what we were saying before, you know, being in control, doing your I am, you know, I am prepared, I am knowledgeable, you know, whatever it is that you need for that, you know, that, that uh, presentation that you're giving, you know, it's, it's great. And then, you know, the, the thing that we just kind of uh, went quickly over, but I want to come back to that is doing it at the end of the day. And I love that concept, you know, so talk to us a, a little bit more about why it's so important to do those affirmations at the end of the day, right before we're ready to, to drift off for, to, uh, to sleep? Well, your brain doesn't sleep. Right. Your Otherwise, we, w- we would Yours die because we're not, you know, we need to breathe. All those various things. Right? <laughs> so our brain, I mean, our conscious brain sleeps, but our subconscious doesn't sleep. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I know, I, I know, I'm sure you have too, is I've gone to sleep with a problem and I wake up in the middle of the night or in the morning and it's solved. Our brain is still working mm-hmm. for us. So imagine if instead of watching the news, instead of putting in negativity, negative things in before you go to sleep, if you controlled what your brain works on before you go to sleep mm-hmm. and you made it work on your positivity and your self-esteem and your self-awareness and who you are and how you want to show up. I mean, that's one third of your life if you get eight hours, if you're mm-hmm. lucky enough to get eight hours of sleep, right? one third of your life mm-hmm. that you can program your brain working for you. Mm-hmm. It's huge, huge and powerful and it allows you to really, really hone and control um, how you're showing up in life. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've been doing this for years where I sit and talk positive to myself before I go to sleep so that that way, whatever else happened in the day, that's not what I'm thinking about. Right. Yeah, and whether we wake up and the problem was solved or 
we have bad dreams or, you know, things like that because we went to sleep with that need going on in there. Um, you know, why not use that? It, it's, you know, I don't know why I just thought of this. Years ago, I had a college professor and <clears throat> yeah, it was years ago. He told us, he said, I know you're not going to read the book. You're not going to read the book. Now it was, it, it was funny because the class was sex education and we're like, oh, okay, we're going to read the book. Um, but we still didn't, we didn't read the book. Um, and he said, put it under your pillow. Maybe osmosis will work and you'll learn something that way. But you know, it kind of in a way, he was right. You know, and, and, and we've all you know, seen the things where you know, you're, you're listening to things as you go to sleep. You know, what are you listening to? Um, you know, I don't sleep well you know, from, for a variety of reasons. And so I tend to have TV on, but I'm very conscious about what TV I have on. You know, it's nothing that's that's going to be, you know, blood and guts, you know, so so none of the like crime TV. So typically it's like a science fiction thing or something like that. But, you know, it, it would be better if I didn't have to have any of that. And I just started doing these affirmations. So I can do this. <laughs> I'm going to do See? this. You can, you can, you can. <laughs> you know, and, and it's funny yeah, because, but, you know, yeah, it's a- we do, we talk ourselves what? out of so many things. <laughs> Why not talk ourselves into things? Exactly. And to work on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's a different level of intentionality and consciousness of what's going on around you and what you're letting into your environment. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, again, it goes back right back to that very first thing. What can I control? Mm-hmm. What right. can I control? What can I, what can I control, control that I can make better? Mm-hmm. That I can rise higher? Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to make changes. I mean, you know, you, we've, we've joked about your starter husband, you know, sometimes that's what, what needs to happen. Maybe it's that you need to change jobs. You know, maybe you do need to become an entrepreneur, you know, whatever it is, it's, it is your life. You control it. And, and so, you know, you need to take those steps. Mm-hmm. So for me, like right now, I've signed contracts to host a TV show that's in development. Oh, cool. And so I'm working out with it. Yeah, I'm, but the camera adds 10 to 15 pounds. So oh, I'm yeah. thinking I need to lose 10 to 15 just to look the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm working out. I'm working mm-hmm. out with a trainer. I'm changing the way I eat. I'm doing all those things. But it's, again, it's being aware. Mm-hmm. So what I did is I shift to shift my awareness again from that subconscious was every time I walk into my kitchen, well, do you think about how you, how you walk into your kitchen? Mm-hmm. No, you just walk through, right? Right. So I, every time I walk into my kitchen, I have to do five pushups. Oh. Does it change the way you look at walking into your kitchen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're probably not going to reach out aware? for that snack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and the bad thing for me is I have to go through my kitchen to get to my laundry, so it's oh. not so good. But that's, but, <laughs> that's gonna be a lot of push-ups every so, day. Holy cow! That's a lot of push-ups. Let mm-hmm. me tell you, it's a lot of push-ups. Yep. And you sometimes I'll sit there and think, I really don't need that. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah. I can wait. Mm-hmm. I can wait for that. Yeah, I don't need to so, do that. But long. again, it's, it's about shifting, shifting the awareness, mm-hmm. shifting the awareness of of where I am now and where I want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, and learning from the past, you know, I mean, and, and we, you know, we, we don't want to gloss over that. I mean, you know, the, the things happen to us that we need to learn from, um, you know, but as we said, you know, it's a pity party, <laughs> you know, it's not a pity life, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and all yeah. of these various things. 
Um, so Elizabeth, we've only got a don't couple be, don't be the over don't be don't be the overstayed party guest. That yes, is. that's it. <laughs> don't overstay that pity party. <laughs> well, we've only got a couple minutes left. So first, tell people how they find and connect with you online. So uh, if you go to pilotspeaker.com. Okay. So pilotspeaker.com. If you go to mm-hmm. Pilot Speaker on Twitter, if you go to mm-hmm. Pilot Speaker on Instagram, I'm going to surprise you. It's Pilot Speaker on <gasps> LinkedIn. Yay! Uh, branding, branding, branding. As, as Pilot Speaker, mm-hmm. except for Facebook, because they won't let you change it once you have it set up. Right. So I'm at Blackhawk Pilot on Facebook. Mm-hmm. But cool. other than that, everything else is Pilot Speaker, and it can link you through to everything else. Um, if you're interested in my book, it's Pilot Method. How easy is that? Cool. And then, uh, and then the the mentoring with me and my all the tip books. If you want to see those, those are on Amazon, or you can mm-hmm. also go to. It's really simple. Soar S O A R number two success. So okay. Soar two success dot com. Great, perfect. Well, what would you like to leave our listeners with today? What you know? What piece of advice? Oh gosh. So let's go back to simple but easy, right? Okay. Not easy. Simple but not easy. Mm-hmm. Is is your future is your responsibility? Everyone else, when I went through to try to become a pilot, said you can't do this. When I decided to become a, a motivational speaker, my own father said you can't make any money doing that. You know, you really do have a choice as to what and who you believe, and if you believe that it's possible and it's really possible, you know, like for me to say it's possible, I'm could be seven feet tall. My brain's going to reject that. I'll just tell you I'm only five, five. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to work, but if something's possible and you believe it is, you don't have to believe what everyone else believes. It is completely a choice and it's a choice in how you show up in the world. And it's a choice in what you, and what we believe it shows up in our actions and our behaviors and what we do and what we accomplish. And that determines our legacy. I love it. Well, Elizabeth, you have a fabulous legacy, and you know, and, and you're far from the the end of the legacy. You know, we went, um, but <laughs> I certainly hope so. I know, I know, you know, and and but you know, it's again, I want to thank you for your service to our country um, because it it did get you where you are today. But we can all learn from that, you know. So I want to encourage people to, you know, get your books. Loved reading it, and of course, mine signed by you because I saw you last week. Um, yeah. But, well, if they go to pilotmethod.com, I'll autograph the book before I send it. Perfect. So that's I the, love the, it. The bonus of doing it there instead of Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and you've got such fabulous tips, such fabulous information. Again, we want to encourage people to to you know quick short videos on YouTube, all these various things. Um, so Elizabeth, it truly has been a delight, and I'm so glad that I got to meet you, and that I went up and said, I need you to be on my my radio program. Um, you know, and and so, I, like I said, I've been having a fabulous time. I am Deb Creer. I've been having a great chat with Elizabeth McCormick. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.